0: Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems of all races and subclasses, welcome to this Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illadine, and together with Thorn and Robbie as your dungeon-occupying story weavers, we wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions and ideas for your next tabletop role-playing game experience. In this episode, we're going to discuss epic campaigns, uh, the do's, don'ts, pros and cons, and everything in between. So we have uh, an acute experience with uh, epic level campaigns because we're in one currently, we're playing one. um, And we're currently at level 21. Um, And of course, I did what some people say is a big no-no and changed a module that was meant for levels one through six and changed it to levels 21 through 26. So having to change some of the modules. But other than that, um, let's talk uh, pros of Epic-level campaigns. Robbie, say the first one. (laughs) Mm mm-hmm what about you thorn
1: it's very you know I, i agree with a lot of what robbie said that it gets it lets them stretch the the creative muscles it lets them explore different kinds of characters but mm-hmm. i'm going to go straight basic with the biggest pro you get to kill big things really yeah. easily <laughs> very and cathartic. it's fun it's so <laughs> much fun you're like ancient dragon ha just black and just done just like you know straight big dick it is down that's just the way it works <laughs> That is a level twenty character. That's what makes it so much fun.
0: I agree, uh, and my pro is uh, the pure fact that you know, like for for instance, our campaign, um, we do have Milo Raven's character who came from Arc One. It does give you this chance if you've if you've been playing for a year and a half with the same character, and you still want to, you have this opportunity to take the character farther like robbie and thorn were saying but you get to use the same character it's different you know like we if we were to do a module like say uh horde of the dragon queen at you know levels one through six you'd either have to make a new character or you use your same character but take all of the cool things that you've gained as you've leveled away so, I think that you know, being able to just do an epic level campaign, um, it, it allows you to just uh, like, like Thorne said, be a little more creative and uh, see some extra stuff. Um, so I mean, three three pros is, is I think, uh, decent. Um, before and we can come back to pros, but what Robbie, what's your first con? for playing an epic level campaign.
2: hmm uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And I mean devil's advocate, uh I mean Watsi just did this with Fizben's uh Treasury of Dragons. They made a stronger dragon. Like now there's mythic abilities uh for the older dragons um and so you know my argument for it and that's what we've been doing uh in our campaign uh because there's that we're we are playing horde of the dragon queen just epic level um i change a lot of the damage die for dragons i change a lot of the the hit points and things to make it a little more dramatic or you know, because we're dealing with the Cult of the Dragon and we're dealing with uh, Tiamat. Um, I throw more dragons at one time, you know, uh, just to make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, and uh, uh, what do you call it? I can't think of the word. Um, I guess challenging. It wasn't the word I was looking for, but that's that's a good one. Um, Mycon... Is that it is extremely hard <laughs> to manage, uh, like Robbie was saying, manage these demigods uh, running amok in your campaign. So as a story weaver, trying to figure out how you're going to make it complicated when you know it could potentially be just an easy breezy uh, campaign. Um, it's it's one of those things like okay, well. Maybe if your players like it, I, we throw puzzles into the mix, um, which, you know, luckily my players, they're at least okay with puzzles. Um, and so we, we can throw puzzles in every once in a while, or we do, you know, like it's not necessarily a murder mystery, uh, story arc, but there might be a session that is a murder mystery. Um, and, you know, taking certain things and making it a little more challenging to find a thing, you know, you're... You raise your DCs a little bit, you, you make it a little more uh, intellectually challenging, uh, and you just kind of play off of, off of your players uh, a little bit more. But it does make it uh, more difficult. I think that's the biggest con for me. What about you, Thorne? There's
1: a, I think there's a lot of difficult, difficult things to do with the epic campaign. I don't think it's just the combat and keeping it interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just trying to keep your players from getting bored because it gets easy. Uh, there isn't always that that angst from life and death. Right. But it's very hard as a store we weaver to come up with items. Oh yeah. That are <laughs> worthy of uh, of an epic a demigod. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to come up with. Uh, you know, it, it, an, an epic level adventure. Until recently, there were none really. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard, even just normal conversations with NPCs, because you're a level 20 character. You're known. People know who you are. Yeah. So it, it even makes that difficult to make it not seem awkward. So, as a story weaver, an epic level campaign
0: where it can be fun. It's a lot of work. It is. And I think, you know, that's kind of like one of those devil's advocate pro, pro slash cons, because it does make it difficult, uh, but it also makes it very rewarding when you balance it well enough. Um, and adding on to, to Thorin talking about how, like, your, your level 20 character, like, at this point, according to the, to the DMG, the, the Dungeon Master's Guide, like, your party has a fortress, if not a kingdom. Your party has, you know, you could technically retire them and turn them into a constellation because they go into the celestial plane or something and they become actual gods. Um, all these little things. So, yeah, I mean, every NPC, if you're on the same continent that these players have have worked through for their, you know, in our case, a year and a half on the same continent, going through things and saving towns and everything, everyone knows these players everyone knows these characters so when you walk into a bar it's not just like oh you walk into a bar and you see uh you know some patrons you see uh some cups in disarray uh it seems a little bit busy so the the uh the barmaids are are working really hard and the bartender in the back is is yelling at his cooks to get the food out faster it's not just that literally music stops when these players walk into the bar people turn around and give a standing ovation to these characters it's it's a different interaction a different engagement um and so it can be a con because like lauren said it's very hard to manipulate but it can also be a pro because that's something that uh, at least in my experience we haven't really gotten to experience that kind of level of um recognition does that make sense yeah it makes
1: it makes complete sense, and, and even even to a point where they you could have characters being mobbed by the masses. Oh yeah, I mean that would make a, getting an adventure going extremely difficult. <laughs>
0: yeah, and there you know there there is uh, at least to make that better. You know if you're worried about having to do those kind of encounters, these uh, citizen mobs and and uh, standing ovations and bars and things like that—you can move them like I did to a different continent completely—and then only a few people get recognized. Um, you know uh, Thorne's character. We kind of created this interesting thing, <laughs> uh, and he's you know essentially a a, a fallen of uh, a o, right? The 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 Dungeon and Dragons God of Gods, uh, and he is has been cursed uh and put into this sword so he he's essentially a sentient sword um and clerics and paladins of every religion knows what this sword looks like they've they have books about him and you know they're told stories during their training as a paladin or a cleric so it's not necessarily that like oh you know they go into a bar and everyone does a standing ovation. No, if there's a cleric or a paladin, like they're wanting to pick a fight with this person because they're holding this sentient sword or the sword. In this case, the sword is through the chest of a Draco but that's a story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, epic level. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, and that's it is something that like you it's a lot easier to do these wacky things with because like a sword through the chest of a draculich that doesn't make any sense unless you know that this sentient sword had to beat the wisdom saves of the uh the blue dragon before it became a dracolich, uh and you know the the sword was stabbed through the, the the back of the dragon and then the person holding the sword fell and uh, the the sword did its thing and now thorn is a dracolich and just controls this little body <laughs> um and does some really fun stuff with lightning breath um, but you wouldn't be able to get away with that if you were just a level six character like we'd we'd have to change it to where it was maybe a, a wormling or something but this is an adult blue dragon that became a dracolich. Robbie, so I I mean, are you
1: back? We went through some pros and cons, and let's 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 talk about when when I mean, you could do an epic level campaign on your first campaign if you wanted to. Sure, I wouldn't recommend it, (laughs) but (laughs) you could. There's ways to do it. I'm not trying to tell any any person that's interested in in playing any of these games when and where the best time for you to do something is. I'm not trying to do that. Right. Uh, but epic level campaigns can create some problems. You have to be able to rein in your characters. You have to be able to to keep them moving forward. Uh, what are some uh, what was, what would be some advice you would give to a you know, a brand new story we were, that's just starting out that wants to do an epic level campaign.
2: What is it, some advice you would give?
0: You want to take this one first?
2: For the first time. Right. right
0: and i think i can add um a little bit to that um as far as resources go uh the dm's guild uh has a lot um that you can do um you just have to google you know dm's guild and then in their search bar epic level uh either encounters or epic level um campaigns or one shots, things like that. And you can honestly, you could put a bunch of one shots together that are around the same theme and create your own campaign. Um, I wouldn't necessarily suggest what I'm doing, which is taking a module and changing it to an epic level. Um, It's a lot more prep work uh, than even I really care to do, but it it sounded fun and we started it and now I'm sticking to it. Um, But if you had your own idea, um, you know, and doing a homebrew campaign, I mean, even as your first campaign, I think that would be the easiest way most likely would be to homebrew it completely. Um, because then you can, you can play off of your players a lot more easily. Because the, the issue that I'm running into is that, you know, the Epic level players, I mean, they're chaotic in and of themselves. Players in general are chaotic in and of themselves. But now that they're an Epic level, trying to keep them to the story of the uh the module that we're using you know uh in horde of the dragon queen it says that it's a a six day travel from one town to another well we have a level 20 druid that just casts cast cloud form and they move 300 feet per second per six seconds so it doesn't take six days to move so your your timing is a little bit different and you have to move things around Um, but you know, like Robbie was saying, there's a lot of resources. I mean, I just did a quick Google search right now, Epic Levels D&D, and I got the Epic Level Basics from a website. There's a d and wiki of Epic Levels, Ascension, Godhood, and Divine Rank for 5th uh, edition. Uh, there's the PDF for the Epic Level Handbook. So there's a lot of stuff that you can find um, for levels 21 through 40. There's nothing past 40, thankfully. <laughs> I don't think I can handle that at all. Uh, but uh, I think my only other suggestion really is is uh, homebrewing it instead of doing modules that are at least WOTC modules. I haven't seen a single WOTC module that's epic level. It's mostly DM DMs, guild, and homebrew stuff that is epic level. What about you, Thorne? What advice do you have? uh help your characters
1: help them you know create the balance that, that's that is only gonna help you uh there's a lot of ways to truly mess up an epic level character mm. and if your your players need help with it if they need you know just for you to to listen to them because it's it's kind of exciting, and they can go off the rails real easy <laughs> with making a level 20 character. Uh, I think just the communication part of it, like we've always said, communication is key in a lot of things. Uh, just keep it up. Uh, it's It can be daunting, uh, but it can be very rewarding and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, just help each other, because they can help you too. Trust me, I know that. yeah.
0: And, and definitely be careful uh, when you're looking at resources. make sure you're right in, in the right uh, edition because fifth edition technically doesn't have any official uh, epic level uh, stuff. like in previous you know 4e and 3.5 come to mind, they actually had uh, an epic you know core rulebook um, for the editions. Uh, I haven't seen anything uh, WOTC uh, approved for 5e, but, you know, as long as you're, if you're going to use 4th edition or 3.5, make sure that you're trying to work on the balancing issues. And that's definitely what, where Thorne's uh, point of asking everyone questions at the table. you know, have them bounce things back and forth. Well, I'm I'm very lucky that all of my players, uh, every single one of them, has DM'd at least one game, uh, so they know the pitfalls and they know uh, some of the things that that happen, so they can help me with balancing issues. And I I know I can always go to Robbie or Thorne and be like, hey, I want this encounter to be this and this, and they could always tell me like, hey, add a terrasque because that's not enough. <laughs> Or take something away if I, like, way overshot what I think the party can do. So just ask your party. I mean, ask your table. You know, get you, you guys. I mean, I would assume that you guys are friends. So help each other out. Be kind to each other. <laughs> what is, uh, uh God, uh, Bill and Ted. Be good to each other. <laughs> be excellent. Be excellent. That's right. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um so we've talked you know pros and cons we've talked about when which was more of like when you feel like it um and we've done some advice um and we did or at least i did one shout out uh of where we can find stuff uh robbie and thorne do you know any materials that they can look at aside from dm's guild
2: think uh i think D wiki might have something on it. i mean it's any of the
1: the non-watsi uh sources out there most of them will have a little bit but the most i found and the best i found has been on dm's guild
2: yeah robbie
0: There is some things, sorry to cut you off. There is some things in Reddit, um, but it's, you know, take it with a grain of salt because they're not, they're obviously not play tested. <laughs> so you could have like this level 10 spell that just, you're like, oh, it, it wipes the world clean. And you're like, well, that, I mean, that's one thing to do, I guess. <laughs> I think. Um, I think Brennan was talking about that because there was a 10th-level spell that he saw that it was a druid spell cast, and he was it was basically terraforming the world as you saw fit. And he was like, Why, why are we doing this? Because I mean, if what if you can do that, then there's really no point in adventuring anymore. <laughs> Which I guess is an argument uh against Epic Level. Um if you don't feel like doing that um but it, I, again it's just a matter of uh of balancing and also i guess there's a little bit of responsibility on the players as well to not let shenanigans get too out of hand because i mean there's i i, I know Thorne's character has some spells that could just lay waste to everything and it just wouldn't be as fun to uh you know, I roll a d20, it hits, everything dies. That's it. That's the spell. Everything dies. <laughs> the spell is called We Win. Yeah. <laughs> All your lands belong to us. <laughs> do you have a favorite
1: epic level story?
2: Ooh,
0: I do. <laughs> Uh, and it's with your character. and Well, actually, it's with yours and Robbie's character because I think it was hilarious. <laughs> um, session one. <laughs> um, Thorn and I have been working on this character for uh, at least two weeks. Um, and we were trying to figure out mechanics because we didn't just take the sentient sword uh, that the stats are available for. We made it to where it was a playable sentient sword that had this background of being cast out by a god, um and not just any god, but a o. Um, and so we had to figure out like the uh, the mechanics of it and the background for why he got cast out and what happened to the others, you know, and one of one of the the cons to his character, like I said, is that clerics and paladins, have a a terrible disdain for this sword. They know about it, they know who he is. Um, and they they just, you know, that that nothing good can come out of meeting a, a cleric or a paladin of of the of knowing this sword. Well Robbie created a paladin or a cleric I mean created a cleric um, and they you know we started in different places um, and, uh, um, we get Thorn's character, Nakir, into, uh, the tavern, and he's there sitting at the bar, and, you know, realistically, this, it's the sword, uh, in a scabbard, but the, the person's hand is still on the sword itself, uh, because you, uh, the, the sword controls the, the NPC, for lack of a better term, just the, the host, um, and the host doesn't want to let go of the sword well robbie's character you know sees this sword and wants to uh to get at this at this character and and tries to take the sword from him um and he you know he doesn't get to take the sword right away so he banishes the host not realizing that the person that he really wanted was the sword itself. He focused the banishment spell on the host. He, ban- uh, he vanished without uh, the sword, leaving the sword on the ground. Robbie picks up the sword, fails the wisdom save to keep his wits about him. And the sword controls his character and Robbie has to come up with a new character on the spot. Session one, 10 minutes into the game. I think and and to Robbie's credit, i mean he he had another character, you know, most of us have backup concepts, and so all he had to do was roll the stats for it, but he had the story ready to go for this character to come in um and we've actually talked about it uh in the uh one of the horror episodes that we've discussed it. Um, his character came out of the neck <laughs> of an of an NPC um. Because he's from the, that character was from the domain of dread. Um, seeing that unfold and literally having, like, as a story weaver, having no way of controlling this whatsoever, it was literally up to the dice gods and the role play between two players. It was hilarious to sit back and watch and just laugh with everyone else as these things unfolded. Thorn. Okay, so. Now my my favorite
1: epic level story isn't so much a story because I, I do I haven't played a lot of epic level campaigns because a lot of the earlier iterations of, of D didn't have that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and a lot of my stuff was played with earlier, you know, bits and pieces of three, five, and four, but really just the the joy and the pleasure of, of popping Tobin in everywhere as as a level 40 character. Yeah. And just creating pure havoc wherever he goes. And at the same time making up backstory that has happened over the past 500 years of his life to get to this this level. And it's been just so much fun. And when he just like Hears somebody calling, he just pops in, and just like the last last uh, session we had, we, when uh Milo called him, mm-hmm. and he just pops in, and he's like what, and just creates complete havoc, right? And it, it's so much fun, yeah. It is. It's just like stress relieving. You have no idea. <laughs> but really, the favorite the favorite time I did it was when. We took Milo back to his island. Tobin just, you know, kind of showed up and And, started having fun with all the cats. Yeah,
0: I mean, (laughs) started having so much fun with all the cats. Yeah. And as a reminder uh, to the listeners, uh, Tobin is a a character that's technically retired from another campaign. Um, And um, we bring him in every so often. Um, It, uh, it, it's a I guess a comic relief, but sometimes it, it's a, a way for me as a story weaver to have a a nice callback that also kind of pushes the story along, uh, because even though Tobin is chaotic, as like I mean his his blood just spells chaos perpetually, um, <laughs> um this little kinder, uh, just I don't know I he. He does chaotic things, like giving the the Kender spoon of whatever to a random NPC. But he's also talking to the party. He's also <laughs> excuse me, uh, you know, telling the party like, "Hey, you know, I, I know that person. I you, you could go here or you know, um, just little bits of information. And of course, you know, it's because thorn is is playing Tobin. Um, so Thorn knows what's going on in the party. It's different than if I had like a just a random person playing this uh, this character. Um, but Thorn's able to give a little bit of information or a little bit of a push so that the party doesn't have like analysis paralysis or anything like that because you don't want to stay in a room with Tobin for too long. Unless you do no, and and then just let chaos ensue, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, and, and the thing the thing with Tobin is is he he puts on that persona of being that scattered and random when he doesn't have to be, yeah. And, and the the key point of it, and this is something that that epic level campaigns and epic level characters have is recognition, hmm. and there was the. The house that didn't like Milo <laughs> and didn't want th- him to come in and Milo's standing behind him and or standing in front of Tobin and Tobin's like peeks around the, the door because they didn't even want to open the door. And he's like, oh, hello. Mm-hmm. And they, they were like, uh, shit. <laughs> right. And, and Tob- I was like, I think you want to open the door. I want a tour. And he just kind of walks in <laughs> and, and nobody says anything. And they take him on a tour, and they let Milo in, and it just it kind of because I I kind of sensed that Milo was having trouble with that, right? And so I just kind of pushed it forward a little bit, yeah. Because because when you're a, a, a level
0: forty god, basically, yeah. it, recognition's there, right? And and the reason why we made Tobin a level forty, you know, god for lack of a better term, uh you know, it has a lot to do with the, the story where he, the campaign that he came from, but I placed my campaign after that story. And so I have a little bit of leeway on, on what characters can do. Um, and, you know, I've put Rastaline from, uh, from the Dragonlance saga in there. Um, and he froze in time, a half-elf named Illidine. Uh, and, he pops out, uh, after time when he's needed. And, you know, now I've, I've retired Illidine, uh, after arc one, but he came in just like Tobin and was that mentor-esque NPC, um, to help things along. And also to give it a little bit more of, because arc one was a god war, Tobin, Illidine, and some of these other characters, rastlin um, they gave some epic depth depth to the campaign in itself, so it just helped. And you can always, you know, as a story weaver, you can always do that. You can bring some characters. We had Kavath from Name of the Wind uh, show up. You know, just things that like it, it's a callback kind of because you know Thorn is a heavy reader like I am, and he knew some of these characters that I brought in. Raven knew some other of the characters, you know, and uh, Robbie helped design one of the characters that came in uh, for, uh, for the camp for Arc One. Um, and so it was just all these little things that like it's a little nod to your players. And it's also like one of the, uh, one of the, the side quests that I did with uh, Forrest's character. Um, I got the, the ultimate uh, reward as a, a story weaver in my mind, which was Forrest looking me dead in the eye and going, fuck you. <laughs> and not, I that, and yeah. not really meaning it, but it was just one of those things like, wow, you brought this in. And it was just a, a funny callback. Um, and I think uh, as far as epic level campaigns go, I, I think that's it. I think everyone should experience an epic level campaign. I don't think that you should be a, a, afraid to, to do it or to avoid it. It just takes a little bit.
1: Don't be afraid to fail miserably.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am, I am failing forward, uh, in my campaign. (laughs) Some things are working and some things like a oof, like I should have done a little bit differently. Uh, but you know, you just, you just push forward. I mean, like, like we said in the beginning, you're all friends here, you know, even if you just met on, uh on fantasy grounds or roll 20 or whatever and you guys are just starting out as friends you guys are still supposed to be friendly and if the people aren't friendly kick them out of your table they don't belong they need to be friendly be kind to each other um you know so why not try and epically fail at some points <laughs> <laughs> it could be pretty funny yeah yeah I mean, at the very least, if you're over 21 or in a place where you can legally drink, um, you know, you, if you guys are just having some brews and, and chatting with your friends and playing the game and laughing, you have succeeded. I don't care what happened in the story. I don't care if everyone died. If there was a TPK or all of your NPCs died, all of your monsters died too quickly. If you are laughing with your table, you've won. That's, that's the only way to win D&D is to have fun. so there you go have fun steal everything and remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied